race is everywhere when it comes to pop culture. It's everywhere, let's be honest. But here's the thing. Nobody wants to talk about it. Let's be real, you guys. No one wants to talk about it because nobody wants to get Chris Harrison, right? For lack of a better word. Well, guess what? This is cancel me, baby. And we can't get canceled because we are going to talk about it, bitches. This is the show where we air it out. And I'm going to be up front. I'm a little nervous. Like I may or may not be sweating. Okay. This is not my wheelhouse. But with that said, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. So today I have a pretty kick-ass guest and she is not shy when it comes to this. And guess what? She hails from the UK. So we are getting international today and I'm so excited to get her input. Now she has built, she's built a brand and a following pretty quickly because she's not having the group think she speaks from the heart. She speaks her mind and you know, we are all about that. Okay. So please help me in welcoming this lovely lady. She looks beautiful. She goes by different voice X, different voice X, but you guys get a little a little extra today because her name is Ada. That's her name, Ada. But we like her stage name. We like, I like that. Like keep it, keep, keep it a little bit of a mystery. I like that. So <laughs> welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Tell us before we get into it, because like I said, you started this platform a little bit about your background and why you started different voice X. Yes. Yeah, so like you said, I've never really had that kind of mentality where the group mentality is my mentality, whatever it be, whether, whether it's women, whether it's female, whether it's African kind of thing. I will, and it doesn't mean that I don't like to sort of be in a group or identify with a group. It just means that I always like to make sure that my thoughts are mine. Why is no one saying something different and that's when I started to speak against the main narrative and then as I was doing what I'm doing I connected with so many people who actually have the same mentality as me anyway so well I actually found you because I found Africa Brooke and I loved her essay her letter she wrote which was why I left the cult of wokeness and she talks a lot about what you talk about so I wanted to talk about this up front. I watched one of your, um, one of your YouTube videos where you talk about microaggressions. And one of them is, you know, you see a black man and you clutch your purse, right? So I know that these things obviously exist and you know, that people are going to judge right away and be like, oh, here we have, you know, an uncle Tom and an uncle Tom enabler. So I want to make it clear to people off the bat, don't even try it because neither of us are saying that the oppression doesn't exist, that racism doesn't exist. I have not talked with one black person who's like, no, I've never experienced racism. Like, of course. I think that's a very, very important point to make because just because I speak how I speak, And just because I say that, let's say oppression hasn't brought me down, which by the way, I cannot really say I've ever been oppressed. That's just my own sort of mentality. I'm I'm sorry, because I wasn't born in the UK. I was born in Nigeria and Africa. You know, I've been around, I've I've spoken to so many people and with all due respect, I I have met with real oppression and I, I don't have sort of 
the guts to say that I've been oppressed because I've had a really good life in the UK, even in my country. I have been through what you've been through, but it doesn't mean that I've had the same mentality or I've formed the same mindset or outcomes from the same situations you've been through. And that's what I'm trying to do, just bring a different perspective to things. What is an example of a time when you were, when you were met with racism? Oh, from comments, you know, about my skin color. Merely how you look. Exactly. Um, I was speaking about microaggression, you know, I've experienced what other people have experienced, you know, maybe being followed around, you know, the, the everything I can relate to. But really, it's more things like when you're kids as well. So today we're going to get into the pop culture of things. Cause I know you have like, you're definitely opinionated. You no know, pop culture is my baby with my experience working in Hollywood. I think an issue that's happening now is the word racist is being thrown around and it's like, well, what counts and what doesn't. So we're going to talk today about Chris Harrison. We're going to get into it about Sharon Osbourne. People even advising me with this show. They're like, don't go there, Taylor. Don't go there. You don't want to get in hot water and be called racist for something you did or didn't say so it's all I feel like a slippery slope and is that helping because I feel like people aren't going to want to openly discuss it and get labeled the wrong way I think people just need to be free like and stop being afraid of speaking out I have a big problem with calling things racist that are not racist then when people actually let's say face genuine racism how can you separate it when everything is racist for those of you listening we went over a few topics that we were going to discuss today and this one it was just on my mind so i was going to throw it your way um and i saw you had posted about posted about it to your instagram so i was like she's already ready for this one because you talked about women being oppressed as well which is something i'm really vocal about on this show because I hate the women are by nature innately victims and that's it i hate that right so with that said, people are really, I just wanted to get your take on this before we hop into some of the other stuff. Um, the WAP performance at the Grammys. Now people are losing their minds because they're saying, how is this accepted when, you know, Dr. Seuss is canceled? And I personally, I only watch the Grammys to watch that performance. Like I personally love it. I feel like I'm really, really passionate about the fact that women can be independent and strong and smart and also sexy like hey if they want to show their labia then i mean by all means that is your decision what are you what was your take on that whole thing because i i saw that you had posted about it i just think that there's a mockery at the moment for things look i'm not against women being let's say free with their bodies and things like that but a lot of these things are explicit why for example does freedom equate to the more explicit you can be you, if you if that's freedom to you, that's fine. But sometimes I feel like the traditional values, like being discreet, being gentle, or being, you know, is mocked as well. So we can't have it both ways. I mean, there was an incident in the UK where a woman was found dead, and they used the media used this to do a men versus women thing again and say that women are victims and women are not being protected by men and things like that well I thought women should be equal to men so why are we seeking protection from men whereas I thought equality means that you know you have equal standing in society and whatever men 
however men are, you are kind of thing. So I am not a big believer in the over-sexualization of women in the media, of black women in the media. For me, I don't, I don't feel that it should be preached as being empowerment. And the reason I say that as well from a personal standpoint is because I used to have that lifestyle as well, you know, what's promoted in the media, the free, the freedom, you know, you're, you can do whatever you want with your body, you can behave like men and things like that. And personally, for me, anyone else can have their own experience, but it's, a, it's not what women were made for, in my opinion. We're made to love one man, we're made to care, we're made to nurture. And this sort of brazen way that many women are in society, I don't think personally is healthy for them. Something that was interesting that you just said is how you used to have that lifestyle. Now, I had a guest on a few months ago. I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with Joy Vila, but yes. she said, okay, so Joy said the same thing. I think she actually used to be a stripper and she pretty yeah. much said the same thing as you. And she posted something. I actually saw it this morning that said something to the effect of, you know, on the surface, it seems like this is freedom, but really this is kind of like enslavement of women and like the whole idea of like promoting prostitution, et cetera. So talk to me about, because I personally think that's so fascinating. Like, how do you go from stripper to this? So I know you said you kind of have a little bit of a parallel. So walk me through, how do you get from A to B? Well, from experience, I mean, I wasn't a stripper, but, um, I, I, I was, sort of in multiple relationships. Basically, I had that mentality that whatever men can do, I can do. If they wanna be with three guys, three girls, I can be with three guys kind of thing. That independent woman, I don't need a man, I run the show kind of thing. But like I said, personally for me and many of the girls I've spoken to, it's a lonely lifestyle. Women were not built like men, men are more physical, you know, that's why they can do the stupid things that they do. I have three brothers, so I can talk <laughs> sometimes. But women were not built for that, to be in multiple, let's say, relationships and sleeping around with one guy every night. You know, there's songs about it. You know, I've got a guy for every day of the week. I'm sorry, it's not us. So that's why I feel more women are depressed nowadays because they're putting on that facade because the, they feel that's what it means to be a strong woman. But there is strength, in my opinion, in silence. There is strength in, like I said earlier, discretion. But why are these values being taken away? In my last episode, I talked about how I feel like we're losing sight about the fact that two things can be true at the same time. So my, you know, my personal take, especially like hearing what you have to say, my personal take is, you know, they can be as sexual as men and feel and still like, that's kind of what I love about the Cardi B story is how she is so sexual, but is like a really like ruthless businesswoman. And I love that you can be both. Right. So I'm all about that. And I know for me, like I listen to WAP and it empowers me. And what the twist is I'm a prude in real life. And I always talk about sex on the show. So I'm like, maybe it's like my alter ego because I am such a prude. Right. So like chastity belt going on right here, but mm -hmm. I feel like at the same time, there's truth in what you're saying, which is this doesn't have to be the only way that women are empowered and like put on a pedestal. 
personal, right? There is something to be said about being stoic or, you know, keeping some things to yourself a little bit too. And I often on the show as well, because I do talk about sexuality a lot to your point, which I feel like is something that people don't like these days, which is saying men are different than women. Right. And I talk about this a lot, but they are, they are built differently, like on a sexual level from evolution, men were built to sort of like spread their seed, keep their bloodline going, have sex with this mug, have sex with anything where women were like really the nurturers. Right. So, you know, so there is like a duality in the fact that yes, we're built differently. And also like, if that's a way that women want to be seen equal as men, that can be true too. And I feel like we've become so polarized. It's like, no one can acknowledge both things are true. You know, this is my point balance. I, like I said earlier, I don't mind whatever people want to do, but the problem I see with the race thing, with the sexuality thing, with the gender thing is that what what has been is trying to be they're trying to erase it so they're saying that they want equality whatever sphere that is but it's actually not equality that we are seeking i've said it before on my platform if people follow me i there are many things that black people are showing that it's not actually equality they want it's annihilation of white people in some things please get what i'm saying viewers i'm there's some things that I've seen that is not showing equality with the whole LGBT thing. There's some things that I've seen that is not equality they seem to be seeking. It's like the annihilation, almost the reversal. And maybe we can say that it's like understandable because maybe they've been oppressed, let's use this word, for such a long time. And it's almost, you know, the other group's turn. You know, I've been thinking about why that is because both can coexist coexist at the same time if women like you said feel empowered being sexual that's great but also don't demonize women who don't feel that way I think that's where I'm having issues if that makes sense yep I did a whole episode based on this entire thing um, especially what you're talking about with like trans and LGBTQ community. It's like, if you want to express yourself that way, absolutely. But I don't think we have to erase the traditional gender roles either. Um, you and I are both very vocal about being a woman and innately being a victim, which you and I hate that narrative. Um, and you're the double whammy because you, you're talking about black women, right? Being victims, which I know you don't like that narrative. So for people mm-hmm. who think that you are anti-Black because you stand up for this narrative. What are they getting wrong? Why isn't that true? Because that has been our narrative for such a long time. So whatever you say outside of that, I understand them because it seems like I am not understanding the fight that we've been through. But then I always say, but I want you to understand who we are today and how we, how much we have actually achieved today. And I think it's that clash. They feel I'm not seeing their pain and I feel they're not, they're not seeing or understanding our victories and our successes. And I always equate it to, you know, anyone who's been abused or who's had like traumatic events in their life. And what happens is that that then becomes part of who they are. It's not separate anymore. It's not just an event that's happened. It's them, it's who they are. I am an abuse victim. It's not, 
I, I experienced abuse is I am this, I am that. So when you speak against that, it seems like you're speaking against who they are. And obviously that hurts. I've been super vocal about the women victimhood narrative. Like when I was in Hollywood, I would cover, so I used to be a red carpet reporter. I would cover so many like women conferences, right? And they would push this, they would bring together celebrities and CEOs and they would constantly push this narrative that like, we're so oppressed and we need to smash the ceiling and fight the patriarchy and yada, yada. And Mm -hmm. I had an interesting conversation with the CEO there. And I said to her, if women want equality so bad, why are they cheering to each other about this? Like, where are the men? Like, to me, it's like, throw me in with the men. Like, I'm not, I'm not a victim. Like, throw me in. And she said to me when I, she's like, first of all, I totally agree. And you're the first person saying this. And she's like, second of all, when I say this, I get met with a lot of flack and argument from other female CEOs or business. It's like, you can't say that, right? We are not victims. Women are strong. We just have a different kind of strength. The unfortunate thing about our culture and our society nowadays, why can't we accept the different things that we can bring to the table? Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring the same thing as a man. I'm a woman. Maybe that's why there's this sort of weird competition going on you know in society between men and women it's like we we can't we can't sort of complement each other anymore it's like yeah one must be higher than the other yeah it doesn't make sense to me being a white woman and being a woman it's like it's not the same as what you're saying that history of oppression obviously with black people that's you know uh, that's not what I'm saying however with the parallels like when you talk about the white vengeance and hate it's like this notion of like eradicating white people. And it's almost like with women, like wanting to eradicate men. It's like, that's where I see a little bit of a parallel there. Yeah. So let's get into the Royals because you are there on the UK soil and it's a huge deal here. And you might be like, why do you guys care so much? Like, first of all, the Megan and Harry interview got 17 million views. And I think oh the Grammy is like the Grammys got like 8 million and the Golden Globes got oh, 6 wow. million. That's where people's priorities wow. are at. Um, wow. Do you, do you find it, first of all, like, do you find it fascinating that people here are so obsessed? Are you like, why do you guys care? No, because of the era that we're in. And obviously it has yeah. everything in there, right? You have the women role, the race thing there you have the royal family so I think whatever the media drives is what people care about and like you said 17 Oprah for goodness sake you know she's the queen of television so of course you guys are going to get involved with that (laughs) oh my god I know and I've met her and let me tell you there is a reason she is so successful because she like she touches your hand and just looks into your eyes and I'm like I am on another planet right now like you're taking me to the fifth dimension I'll never Mm -hmm. forget one time I was on a red carpet, you know, the velvet ropes and my Mm -hmm. hand was on the little thing and she was just talking to someone and had her hand on mine. And I was like, uh, oh oh, my gosh, check you out. So she's really warm. Yeah. She has that 100%. And I'm like, that's why she's so successful. Like I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's fill people in on this before, because I definitely want your input. So guys, I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version because I talked about this in my last episode, but Megan and Harry did their big interview, right? And Megan Markle talked a lot about, you know, how basically how she was like a prisoner, which a lot of it I can imagine, you know, had no freedoms, had terrible mental health struggles and experienced racism. 
says there was a conversation behind the scenes um, with someone in the family being concerned with how dark her child's skin would be. So Pierce Morgan, who's a big personality over in the UK, he's had like beef with Meghan Markle. I'm not going to get into it. But basically on his show, he was like, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying any of it. Um, which in my opinion, like if he doesn't believe her, he doesn't believe her. Like, okay, it's his opinion, right? So Sharon Osborne was on the talk. And she was basically defending Pierce Morgan because he came under huge fire because people were saying that that was racist. The fact that he was putting down a black woman talking about mental health struggles and race. Um, So Sharon Osbourne is on the talk going, this is my friend. It's his free speech. And her co-host, Cheryl Underwood, who's a black woman, was saying to her, basically saying what he said was racist. So Cheryl's like, okay, explicitly tell me what he said that was racist. And Cheryl Mm -hmm. couldn't name anything. She basically just said, like I said, the whole fact that he, you know, um, created that environment of putting down a black woman in and of itself is. So now... The, hi- the talk is on a hiatus, they're investigating, and Cheryl Osborne basically, you know, came out with this apology, like, basically saying, I'm even, I'm mortified because I love the Black community, I'm mortified even at the thought of being associated with being a racist, so this is where it gets really tricky, because it's like, you know, she's defending her friend, who in my opinion, wasn't being racist, so I mean, when you saw this, what what was your what was your immediate take? Piers Morgan is outspoken, but what he said about Meghan Markle was not racist, and this makes me think what we were saying earlier about this definition of racism in the first place. Look, racism doesn't just mean when a black person feels bad, because then every single day for anything, any single thing, we will experience racism. And that's how I feel racism is being translated into these days. Oh, you hurt our feelings. And like I said, I personally may not have spoken the way he spoke about Meghan Markle, because at the end of the day, if someone is saying that they experience mental health issues, you should actually, you know, not put that down, if that makes sense. You might think she's been a crybaby or whatever, but she's saying she experienced something. And I think that you have to be careful with that. But in terms of him being racist because he was saying that against him, of course he wasn't because he said that against many white people as well. So why don't we say anything about that? Why is it because she's black then automatically that element of racism is added? Now, in saying that, he actually quit as well. I'm not sure if you... And I was a bit disappointed with that because if you are going to speak out and if you are going to speak out in the name of freedom of speech, then you, sh- you sh- I can get if you're fired, but in my, in my, in my thought, it's like the woke mob, that's one for them. And this is what we don't want. They feel that they, all they need to do is scream enough and they can get what they want. I think he's doing other things and that's fine, but the message for that wasn't the best for me because mm-hmm. if you're advocating for freedom of speech, you have to go all the way and stick your grounds wherever you are until you know you're fired or whatever, which is something else. Sharon Osborne as well, she backtracked as well, you know. And again, this is the kind of society that we're heading into. I didn't buy her apology in the sense of I believe she still thinks that Piers was not being racist. But her PR team or whatever, 
has said, look, this isn't a good image. And that's all we care about now. What looks good? What is a good image? Like she said, I think you mentioned, um, I don't want to seem racist. We need to be who we are. If, if you think I'm oppressed and I'm not oppressed, what you say to me doesn't matter. If, I, if you know you're not a racist, what I say to you doesn't matter. So it, it's, it's really unfortunate how we are now. You just scream enough or you just say the right words and then people backtrack and back down. I'm not racist or I'm not this and it, it's crazy. It just comes off to me as totally disingenuous. And I think that it goes for the Chris Harrison thing, which I want to get into, because in both of these cases, these people were super passionate and fired up. And then 20 seconds later, because the mob got upset, they had a lobotomy and they're a new, they have a new, like, that's where, you know, I, I really do wonder, I wonder what would have happened if Sharon Osbourne went, you know what, guys? I stand by my friend. I don't think that he was being racist. Like, I really wonder what would happen if, God forbid, these people didn't cave to the mob. You know, and it's like, just don't be afraid. Like, what? Like, I, I know it's easy for me to speak because I don't have all the things they have or have not had spent decades building what they have today. I understand. So they have things to preserve. But what do you really have to lose to to be yeah. to stick up for yours isn't that more valuable I mean this is the mindset I have now and like you said you know I started off this page just as a brand I had you know 10 people following me and then it grew and then I started to get pushed back even with what I was saying and I was like you know what no I know who I am I know why I started this page and the first person I'm going to owe my voice to is myself before anyone else so what is with this I don't want to be a racist or, or homophobic, but by doing that, by coming out with these false apologies, you're somehow indirectly admitting that what you did was actually what the woke mob said you did in the first place. I completely agree. And that's why, like, even with this show, I'm all about, you know, standing by what you say, because that's what it is. Like, why do you, why do people always have to like, like you said, backpedal or defend themselves or be like, no, I didn't really mean it. Listen, if you said something and you know, you're not a racist, like you're, you're homophobic or transphobic or whatever it is. It's I mean, there are other exceptions, of course, or people don't think they are and they clearly are, I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but in a lot of these cases, you know, yeah. what is that accomplishing? Um, this parallels, this parallels the whole bachelor thing. So this was a, this was a huge, huge story over here. And to Uh be honest with you, again, it's something that people advise me, whether it be friends or people in the business advise me like Taylor, don't go near this Chris Harrison thing on your show because the mob will come after you and you won't be able to say the right thing. Well, we're going to talk about it right now. So again, <laughs> to give you guys a little bit of a cliff notes, I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, Chris Harrison was the host of The Bachelor for all the 20 plus years it was on. I think he was an executive producer, right? So he had a sit down interview with Rachel Lindsay, who was the first black bachelorette. I've also met Rachel Lindsay. Um, she's a badass bitch. Really, really enjoy meeting her. Um, and they were talking about the, the first the first Black Bachelor who's on now. And there's a contestant who had controversy, a white girl, because they found photos of her um, at like an old South antebellum party, right? So basically, and she was like totally silent. Everyone's like, where is this girl? Is she going to come out with apology? What's going on? 
So Rachel Lindsay is talking about it with Chris Harrison and Chris Harrison granted, was he a dick about it and like arrogant and kind of railroading her? Yes. But he basically says, you know, let this, give this girl some grace, let her come out with an apology on her own. Don't cancel her so quick. The woke mob is so out of control, et cetera. The part that I think where he got it wrong is where he says to Rachel Lindsay, you know, Rachel, like, who are we to judge her? Who are we to judge her? And I could see where in her mind as a black woman, she's like, well, me, cause I'm a black woman. And I see this white girl going to an old South party. Right. Cause when Chris Harrison's like, I, you know, kind of downplaying it, Rachel Lindsay kind of like puts him on the spot, which good for her. And she's like, where would I be at that party? But do I think the whole mobs backlash, I mean, it, you guys, it blew up. Like he ended up stepping away from the show. He's like indefinitely done with the show. They hired somebody new. He also had to talk about how racist and apologetic and how he had to educate himself he was. So my question for you, different voice, I love that you go by this, um, (laughs) was, could you see where Rachel Lindsay was justified in her head of being like, I'm sorry, what? Like in the moment of getting, of being like defensive or feeling like he was overstepping. He represents the show basically. So she was justified in sort of asking him and sort of trying to get, you know, an explanation from him. And yeah, so I understand her holding him to account, but I also understand him as well. I think the bombarding of, well, you know, we we cancel her and you're canceled because you're having your opinion. I think that's where we have to be careful as well. And one thing for me is because he mentioned, well, maybe at the time it wasn't so bad. I don't think that's a good enough excuse. But what I think is, The reason why many people cancel so easily is because they think that they are so perfect or they are beyond doing anything stupid themselves. But that's the main thing I got from this. You know, she did something maybe potentially stupid three years ago and they basically want to ruin her life. And we've seen this in so many other things. And the problem with the woke mob is they feel, they see themselves as so, you know, holy and pure and you know unable to do anything that anyone can figure out and they and that's why they come in mobs because you can't get them individually and that's why they cancel you so easily Mm. but what goes around comes around and if we keep up this culture of digging because that's what happened because they found out these photos I think they were digging into so many other things into this poor girl's life and if you carry on this culture of constantly trying to find, because that's what it is now, it's not just trying to hold people accountable anymore, Layla. It's trying to find and dig. And I want to prove that this is who you are. Because maybe they have other issues in their life that they have no control over. But to cancel you, that I can control. You know, so that's why the cancel culture is so addictive instead of using that same energy maybe to build their own lives up or do something good for themselves. It's just to me, I mean, and I've talked about this as well. That's the part I don't like about it. And I've said this in one episode, which is who is that perfect? Number one, this climate doesn't give any room for growth or for, it's like, what, you didn't think this, you know, 15 years ago, we're going to start going into the woodwork. And that's, you know, it's just, it's bullying. And so, you know, what's interesting about this is yet again, I almost feel like both things can be true when it comes to this bachelor situation. Like what I'm getting from you is 
should he have been canceled, you know, career destroyed? Cause let's be honest, who's going to hire him now, right? Probably no one you're saying necessarily. No, I don't know that he should be canceled, but was she justified in being in, in feeling defensive and feeling like, you know, I'm totally allowed to judge this white girl who went to an old South party. Like both things can be true. I feel so. And I just feel people just, we've lost that. You know, we don't give people opportunities anymore or grace anymore. You know, once guilty, you're, you're, you're labeled as a, and branded as a bad person. And it's so stupid in my opinion, you know, forgive me because it, you forget that people have different dimensions to them. We always say, educate yourself, educate yourself. Well, we're constantly being educated anyway. What we're in 2021, what can be okay today might not be okay tomorrow. And we, we, we need to make room for that as well. And, but I, I actually think there's no hope. People are so bored maybe, or so evil somehow that, because I, I, I just don't understand how someone just feels, actually, I'm going to dig up some dirt about you to prove how racist you are. Because, and it's also maybe a jealousy thing in a sense, because they see someone maybe doing well, they see someone shining, they see someone winning, and you just need to do the three main buzzwords and that person's life is completely destroyed. Racist, homophobic, transphobic. Those are the best buzzwords now, mm -hmm. or maybe he rapes me, men and women kind of thing, rape as well. And there's, you're, you're guilty. This, it's not innocent until proof, you're guilty once those four main things are said about you. And it's, it's quite benign, actually. It's quite, it's quite, yeah, it's quite dark. And you know what? It, again, it goes back into what I was saying earlier, which is it's making nobody want to talk about it. I mean, look at what happened with Sharon Osbourne. Look at what happened with Chris Harrison. And I know for me, like, everyone, everyone I've talked to in the Black community, they're like, let's talk about it. But there's this cre there's this environment being created where people are like, I'm petrified. And that, to, in my opinion, how is that helping? People are just going to get more like they're going to get scared and resentful and in their own thoughts, not knowing how they're going to walk on eggshells, not knowing how to talk about anything. And I just feel like that doesn't help. Um, going off of this actually is the digital blackface. Okay. So I had a friend say to me, apparently now using um, black people in gifts or in memes is inappropriate. There's actually a piece from 2017 in Vogue that talks about this. And you actually posted on your story um, a piece about, you know, people saying this about Oprah memes from the big interview, right? That that is considered digital blackface because it's allowing white people to use black people in the capacity that they are comfortable with, which you know, this is something I've talked about as well, which I want to get your take on because, you know, I've had conversations with friends who talk about, say like the Kardashians, right? Where they'll use black culture to their advantage, whether it be, you know, style or hairstyle or whatever it is, but without really getting in the nitty gritty of things and biases and prejudices that black people deal with that they don't have to, right? So I feel like this dovetail, this goes into that because it's like, right, well, you're using black people to express yourself without really knowing what we go through. Um, so when you saw this, especially the Oprah memes one, you know, what do you, what do you think? Is that justified as well? Or 
Okay, let's talk first about this whole um, appropriation of black culture without, you know, knowing the nitty gritty or knowing what we go through. Let me make this as clear as possible. Being black is not going through nitty gritties. Being black is not always going through something. This is my point, because once we establish that, then there is no, well, she is using my culture and she doesn't feel the burden. I don't know if you saw the white identities piece as well that was flying around. And that was, they were basically classing white people in different categories. And one of them was yes. a white voyeurist that yes. loved the black culture. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They love the black culture. They don't love, they don't take the black burden. Being black is not a burden for goodness sake. And number two, nothing belongs to black people or white people in terms of personality, in terms of characteristic, physical characteristic. So a big bum, a big ass is not a black, it does not, is not owned by black people. Okay. Um, what else? Um, a certain curly hair, whatever, is not owned by black people. You know, a tan skin is not owned by black people. So you all, apart from the physical, like my skin color is black, I understand that. Maybe don't paint your face black, you know, which not many, not white people do. But this whole thing of, well, they're, used, they're copying my hairstyle, they're darkening their skin to be more tanned, they're getting butt fillers, lip fillers, these are not owned by one race. The black face, you know, especially when it comes to celebrities, if you're, like I saw my story, if you're a celebrity, we are going to meme you, okay? You're going to become a gift. Number two, black people are not the only ones being used as gifts, are they? Are we? Are we the only ones being used as gifts? I see white people being used as gifts. I see Chinese people being used as gifts. What the hell is the problem? And if we are not used as gifts, if you have white people, Asian people, what are we gonna say? Oh, they're so racist, they don't use us as gifts. You use us as gifts, they're so racist, they use us as gifts. I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. I'm going to get into that as my closing thing. We're like totally on the same page. Um, what would you say, you know, because in these pieces, the argument I saw was, you know, they're stereotyping and using black, whether it be like real housewives or Oprah, whoever it is, as people who have big personalities or are loud or are sassy. I think I saw, and I used air quotes for those of you listening in one mm -hmm. piece. Um, what, what's your take on that? These are not the only kind of gifts um of black people that are being used there's ones that i use myself of crying of sad of so why are they highlighting the ones that are being used as sassy or whatever that's their interpretation there is a certain stereotype who knows why maybe it's the media maybe it's the sassy cardi b because most of most of the entertainers in in the pop culture is when they are black, do have that kind of queenish, you know, black black girls, it's not uncommon for us to call each other queens and this and that, divas. That's why I personally used to have a lot of problems with black girls growing up here, because I didn't have that. I'm, I'm very straight to the point. I'm quite bitey when I speak, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not a certain way. And I used to get teased about that. And I used to get bullied about it. So I used to get teased because I used to get called a fake black girl. I used to get called a white girl because I didn't have that 
should I say big personality, whatever you want to call it. I wasn't so loud and out there. And at that time, many of the black girls were. That's actually something that Joy brought up when she was on my show because she's half black. Um, She's Latina as well. And she's white. And she said, you know, it's like always something. I'm never white enough. I'm never black enough. I'm never, you know, which reminded me of what you just said. And I'm sure you get people on your platform who still say that. You know, this is real oppression for me. If I can be as, as, as honest as I can with you, because you as a white person, for example, you know, if you are, have a certain behavior, it's never linked back to your skin color with your, with your race. You're I was just, just going to say that. You don't hear yeah. white people going, you're not white enough. You're not this enough. Right. It, it's crazy. And I never hear that from a white person. I wish I did. But these kind of comments I hear from a black person. My, mo- my most recent one was, mm-hmm. I can't talk about racism because I, I haven't experienced racism as an American. But racism is racism, you know, and it's like they they find so many ways to exclude you and disqualify you from having a voice. Just because I didn't have the same reaction as you doesn't mean I didn't go through what you went through, you know, and this is real oppression for me. I cannot be me. If I'm loud, I'm loud for a black girl. If I'm quiet, I'm quiet for a black girl. I can't just be Ada, my real name. I can't be me. And that's the real, if we want to talk about oppression, that's That's the real prison, you know, not whatever else they say. Well, what I was going to say was many of my, my audience is in the U S and I'm thinking to myself, they could very well think, well, we have a different history here. You know, we have a different history. Who is she to speak on all of this? That's why we thrive as a human race, because we can get you know, we can pick from different perspectives. And I always say, Mm -hmm. you know, why can I not add and help you somehow? Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean I tell you how to feel Mm -hmm. or tell you what to feel, but why can't I add to you or add things to help you? Mm -hmm. And this whole thing where black people, and I will speak about black people because it needs to be talked about, this whole thing of disqualifying people because you think that they cannot add to the discussion is completely wrong. Stop telling people they're not black or they're white, so they can't talk. They're British, they can't talk. They're a man, they can't. This this is complete stupidity. You can disagree with their perspective. You know, maybe they don't, it's not their place to tell you what to believe about what you went through, but I'm telling you, they can add to the discussion anyhow. And this is this is my purpose with different voice. Of course, I can't speak for everyone. I can't speak for all white people. Can't speak for all women. I feel like there's a sort of like, if you want to call it actually like the voyeurism, right? I feel like people are thinking, okay, we want to help. We want to be involved, but we don't want to be, you know, singing a rap song or having our hair a certain way and be, you know, deemed appropriating. I've had multiple friends and I'm not trying to be like a woe is me. But I've had multiple friends who have spoken out when, you know, the riots were happening over the summer in a, in a, in a decent balanced way. And they got backlash. So they were like, you know what? I tried and I'm not going to speak about it anymore. Cause I feel like people feel like they can't win if I'm being honest, because it's not enough or it's not the right way, or they're appropriating, or if you don't say anything, then you're in trouble and, and you're in hot water. So as a wrap up, you know, what would your, what would your words of, I guess, advice or your, your thoughts on that would be? 
I would say two things. Number, but it, the main point is to be true to you. So why do I say that? And I love what you said. The thing is many white people, let's, let me be specific, may not really want to speak about all these things, the race thing, but they feel the climate is forcing them to speak. You don't need to speak if you don't need, if you don't feel it's in your heart to speak. That's one thing. But the second thing, which is more important for me because I'm speaking is, do not allow anybody to disqualify you to speak because you, you are the one who is in charge of your voice. What do we have to lose to you know, give our opinion? And if you really care about, let's say, white people that try to help in this movement, if they really care, then they would really speak and not see black people as some kind of um, scary, you know, if I speak, I'm gonna lose everything. No, then actually, in a way that's kind of racist, isn't it? Because you're seeing us as, you know, so be careful, be true to who you are, yeah. your voice, your opinion, speak. That's how I feel. And like I said, it's seeped into pop culture and my world in a way where you can't deny it and you can't just act like it's not happening. I'm sweating a little bit less now. Um, and I had, <laughs> I had so much, you're so much fun to talk to. Hopefully we, it would be so much fun to be in person once all this crazy is over. I feel like that we would have a good time. <laughs> Follow different voice X. I'll put her info up. And thank you again for, for having this dialogue with me today. It really, it meant a lot. So I'm excited to get it up. Thank you.